every time there was really dramatic music over that horrible CGI, I laughed. I laughed every time. <laughs> I like <laughs> the like, synth sounds on it, though. Ah. <laughs> uh. It remind. It looked like a lo- techno live stream that I would watch in 2021 on like yeah. some some <laughs> like UK clubs Twitch. This channel. is what the video to, were, bl- to I'm blue dabba dee dabba dee. Right, exactly. Like. It looked a lot like that. Or if you were like at a club in the UK and there was a DJ who just had shit going on in the yep. background. Yep. <laughs> uh, do I have anything fun to say? No, I don't. I don't have anything fun to say, but I have a fun episode ahead for. This, as you know, because I'm Ian Benson, and joining me in fucking person, look, I just hit him, is Stephen Doughton. I knew you were going to say that. But look, I just hit I'm you. Because I'm a telepath. Ah, yes. Ah, ah, of course. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Uh, Why did I know you were going to say that? A member of the Psy Corps as well, Matziani. What's up? And representing the planet of Narn, or the species of Narn, I'm not really sure, Travis Marmon. What's up, you fucking nerds that stumbled like, upon this podcast? Travis, Travis Narnman. It's Travis nice. There you go, Travis Narnan. Sure, it's I'll take it's it. really nice that they did a callback to Six Feet Under in this uh, in this show. <laughs> but Narn, 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 Narn. It's as you know the podcast where we talk about the first and last episode of TV shows, and uh, the best episodes I think are the ones where none of us have seen it, which is why. Today we are here to talk about Babylon 5, uh, and I think we're going to have some different energy. I think Travis already unleashed the energy of, if you like this show, go give yourself a fucking wedgie. <laughs> yeah. <that I> think. <laughs> give I think me your fucking lunch no, 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 money no. if you liked this show. Uh, whichever one of us is available at the time, uh, we'll, if, you, if you tweet about loving the show, we will go give you a wedgie free of charge. I won't. Uh, I understand. I can't judge. I, I was the only one here who we'll knew We'll give who. you a wedgie, and then we'll probably be your friend after that. I, I, I would not yeah, I'm, fr- I'm friends friend. with many nerds, but I just it needs to be known I could defeat them. <laughs> Travis, like, objectively speaking... Defeat? <laughs> you used the yeah. word defeat. Travis, In objectively combat. speaking, one of the weaker people I know. <laughs> like, undoubtedly. Look, I was a varsity athlete at one point. Nobody who watched the show ever was. <laughs> Do you think Travis is the first varsity athlete to watch Babylon 5 in 10 years? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Even among varsity athletes that went to gifted school like I did. <laughs> None of them watched Babylon 5. Turns out Miles Garrett's a big fan of Babylon 5. Yeah, no, there's, not, there's, there's not enough waifus. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Maybe Gordon, yeah. Gordon Hayward probably watched this show. Whatever. I don't think... I, I think it's... No, I don't... It might have been too repellent for Gordon Hayward's is it, politics. Is it Midorians? <laughs> It, yeah, it does um, have, like, races coming Minbari? together. Minbari? Minbari, yeah. This is going to be a great episode where we try to remember what the aliens it's, are Okay, called. I got it. It's the Minbari, the Centauri, the, the Narn, and the Vorlon. Those are the primary mm. species. Oh. And the shadows. The Narn, the one with the straight-up hair? No, no the, the, the Narn is, like, the lizard, like, the, the villain of the first episode. Oh, uh, is a Narn. Well, but the villain of the first episode actually was a Minbari. But oh, there was another right. villain. Okay, but, like... The guy uh, that the, the guy that he gave uh, a laxative at the end was a was He a was in Minbari? What about the girl? What was she? Uh, <laughs> Are you talking about the the wife at the end? N- no, the the woman who he sat on the bench with in the Japanese garden. The wife at the end. Oh no, that's so the that's same the character, way- right? That's the Minbari. No. Yeah, yeah, it is. No, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. not. That can't be. The one I'm when pretty sure that's the same the character. What happened to her face? I know she, what happened. Delenn became half Minbari, half human. I looked this yeah. up. 
I know very okay. And here's how we get into this. I know, I know vague things about Babylon Five because I'm a giant nerd who spends a lot of time on websites like TV Tropes in my past life. So I know random things about this, and I know and most of the things I know about this show is that at some point there is a battle of the line or there was a battle of the line which mm -hmm. is just something I know because I've definitely read like a TV tropes page on hold the line and because I love to shout hold the line when playing video games with friends. Big, big Toto head over here. Yeah, exactly. It's good to know that there are battles at some point in this show because this like I can't deal with space diplomacy. This is why it's I've never been interested in it's, it's, it's a show either. about keeping peace. Okay. Boring. But Star Trek is good and that's what that show is about. No, well, they do, but they boring. do shoot guns in Star Trek, and no, they, they and phasers. they make uh, okay. and they write clever, thing. they write clever stories in the style of like Twilight Zone kind of stuff, where it's like That's okay. clever That's and it teaches you a lesson I just sometimes. Maybe you should. Star Trek, Trek is so fun. This is the least fun television I have ever watched. This guy went on to write a <laughs> Star Trek. Okay. We got it. We got it. Star off. Trek. Why are ripping this guy off? Yeah. 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 Ahead. Yeah. We we, yeah, we 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 are unstructured around this. All right, Ian. Take it. Take take. I'm, take I'm taking the reins. The take I, the I have the I have command of the ship. Yep. Which except it's also a space. It's a space station. It's well, not a ship. I vote Ian. It's uh, actually more. So, it's like a big bar with a big main room that looks fun to hang out in. I would. I mean, yeah. Like we have with a lot all to say the, the like show. weird guys. That sounds fun. I would love to go to this place, but. Uh, so yes, today's episode is on Babylon Five, the uh, the American space opera television series created by writer and producer J. Michael Straczynski under the Babylonian production label. Uh, it was uh, it aired with a test pilot movie on February twenty second, nineteen ninety three, and then was commissioned as a series in production in nineteen ninety three as part of the Primetime Entertainment Network. I a looked, network. I looked up where this aired, and. Uh, the guy I was talking to when I looked it up, I was like, oh, how old are you again? Oh, yeah, this this didn't exist while you were alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Primetime Entertainment Network. And it uh, premiered on that on the U.S. on January 26, 1994, and ran for five 22-episode seasons. But the last season... Aired on aired TNT. On TNT? And TNT. We know drama. They know space dramas. <laughs> I am beginning so, to question whether they know drama. <laughs> They could be for the first time. Us. For the first time. Yeah, well, Matt, no, Matt no longer loves the closer. <laughs> maybe in nineteen ninety eight they didn't know drama yet, but they came to know drama. Yeah, how old is TNT as a network even? And then when did they start getting the NBA? Which is the Listen, only reason that TNT. I watched TNT. Yeah, uh, okay. That that comes up first. <laughs> is Steven singing TNT while I do the action of Googling something? Uh it started in nineteen eighty eight. Oh wow. Uh, and its purpose its original purpose was to air uh, classic films. TCM. I mean, that's also that's a Turner. Did so TNT become TCM, and then TNT, the as we know it, it was like started again. I could not tell oh, you. Okay, oh, now Stephen, you picked Babylon Five. You're on the spot. Tell us why you picked Babylon Five. I picked Babylon Five because there are a bunch of of, and I'm very sorry to people who are fans of this show. Wow. I don't mean to imply. <laughs> I don't mean to imply that they're all the same, but there are a lot of these sci-fi shows that are, like, on the fringe of cultural knowledge like this and Farscape and Stargate SG-1 and those sorts of things. See, I, I want to hear more of these. I just, Battlestar Galactica. That's, how dare you? I, I knew I was going to offend somebody. I just was waiting for the one that I liked. <laughs> they're all really. the, to, yeah, to me, they've all been the same show mentally, so they are. behind the bit. So, it's okay that so they I, all are. 
I read I read a couple paragraphs about all of them, about how they came to be, about how they were relevant in the world, and I ended up on Babylon Five because of the fact that the guy who made it was was the the story about him trying to pitch, JMS yeah JMS uh, Pinafore he the fact that he was trying to <laughs> the very model of a modern major TV writer <laughs> correct. Um, He's, uh, he's knowledgeable in all manner of alien, like, uh, 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 What rhymes with alien, yeah. <laughs> I immediately <laughs> shot myself in the foot. Alien and mammalian. Alien, um, mammalian, there and mineral. Yeah. So, so it was like, the fact that he, he was like a, a writer, and then he pitched a Star Trek arc, they didn't like it, so he went on to make Babylon 5, and then that got popular enough that he ended up being the head of a Star Trek arc. Which one was it? He was? Oh, maybe he wasn't. It's not the he's the head. I... It's that Star Trek Deep Space Nine yes. may have stolen the entire idea of Babylon 5. Because he 5. pitched Babylon 5 to Paramount and the idea of it being a space station oh, that was in a like that, neutral that territory between a bunch of species. And then a a very similar Star Trek show comes out. Okay. That's mm. what I'm thinking. Sorry. Oh, I, got I bet that, that Star Trek show is so much better. Um, it probably is. But uh, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I like the idea of... Uh, I, and then the other thing was the idea of, and I remember the only show that I ended up loving, loving, loving where I watched a pilot when it was just a pilot and then the show didn't come out for another, you know, six or more months. And then it was Adventure Time where there's the Adventure Time pilot that aired on Cartoon Network and then it's only like sort of what the show was actually like. I mean, you know, the mood. That uh, that'll the be... Um, that'll be an episode that'll we'll, we'll, that's that's a show that'll come up that on this. Could be a good one. I honestly thought about it for next week as as such a respite because I was like that's like what? Like that's like so 30 22 minutes maybe? To- total minutes of television yeah. if we do it that way. But yeah, so so I thought about okay, it's a really interesting idea to have this sort of okay, we aired this pilot to see if enough people watched it and like it to make it into a show and they did. And then they released, there was a TV movie in the middle of these seasons, and then they made more TV movies. And I was like, this is more interesting, like, how did this come to be, and what did people see in it? And uh, There must be something really interesting and nuanced and fascinating about this show, and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> From what we've I don't, I don't think it's... you were wrong. I think that this felt very much, this was, I, the, the pilot was very much chapter one of something, and the finale was very much like it felt like a science fiction short story almost in its, it's an, structure. It's an epilogue because what yeah. happened like there's a time skip between the episode before and the episode that we watched, and it's yeah. another one on our bingo board of like this is a, a episode where they just said goodbye to the show and the set. Yeah, yeah, like nothing. And much like Bones, literally finale. blew up the set. Yeah. But I think I think the, the structure of the finale could easily have been translated into an, a standalone thing. Like, just the idea of just somebody is dying and he calls his friends from across the galaxy together for one last meal is just such a tidy little uh, setup that you can structure something out of it that you can enter that and have that be everything. So it kind of, I would say... It could have been good. I didn't mind any of this stuff, but I'm also the only one here with a pre-existing relationship with J. Michael Traczynski. Yeah, did you want to talk about Spider-Man, or were you going to save I want to talk about Spider-Man, because J. Michael Straczynski wrote the two worst arcs in history. 
He did a pretty good job for a while, but then the editorial mandate came down, and he did the two worst Spider-Man arcs. That's right, J. Michael Straczynski, the creator of Babylon 5, its architect, was the writer of Sins Past and One More Day. Sins Past, of course, as we all know, everyone around the world knows. I was going to say it. Well, Stephen, would you like to tell me what, <laughs> sins, what happens in Sins Past? Yes. In Sins Past, Spider-Man remembers... In Sins Past... <laughs> uh, Spider-Man converts to Catholicism. Norman Osborn has a baby with Gwen Stacy? Two. Twins. What is the age? Yeah, I love. I love that you couldn't even finish the bit because of how immediately bad the the first part of the pitch is. Yes, yeah, Sins Past uh, reveals that Gwen. Is Stacy, it Gwen Stacy normally like in high school? Yeah, Eighteen yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Gwen, it's revealed that Gwen Stacy had two children with Norman Osborn, who were raised in Europe, and they had because of Norman Osborn's uh, weird genetics as the Green Goblin, they age incredibly fast. So even though they're only like. Five or something like, like that. They appear as full teens, and they've been raised to uh, believe that Spider-Man murdered their mother. So they uh, try to hunt down and fight him. Now, originally the pitch was that it was going. Why not just pick Harry? because here's why. Because originally the idea was that because it, it was going to be revealed that they were actually Peter's kids, mm. and that 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 was the whole thing. And then the editorial mandate came down. And was like, you can't give Peter Parker two adult children. You have to make him Norman Osborns, and they're evil. And so that was what happened. And the other editorial mandate that came down was you need to fig you need to get rid of Spider-Man. You need to get rid of Peter Parker and Mary Jane's uh, marriage. How do you want to do that? Okay, they're going to sell their marriage to the devil, to Mephisto, so that they can save Aunt May's life. And then also they're going to make it so that people don't know Spider-Man is Peter Parker anymore, which only had happened like 10 issues before. So this guy wrote those. That's Sins Past? Yeah. Well, the, the second one was One More Day, where they sold their marriage to Mephisto to save Aunt May. Uh, he did a really he did a great start. Like, the start of the JMS arc's pretty good. I mean, he does introduce Morlon, and it's, uh, it's all nonsense. But yeah, so I knew Morlon? who this guy was. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Michael that a word from himself. the show that we just watched? No, that's the Vorlons. Oh, they're get the, the one, fuck they're out the one, of here. They're the one get thing that I thought fuck. was cool in these Don't worry. two episodes. D Matt, I immediately clocked that. No, I immediately <laughs> clocked Get the I fuck like, out of here, Straczynski. Not even the most egregious uh, recycling of names uh, in this show. That, of course, would go to the weird mystical figure that appears briefly in the end, Lorian, where when that name was said aloud, I started cackling. I don't because because uh, um, Lorian is the realm of Galadriel in The Lord of the Rings. Uh, and I wow. had already written in my notes, oh, cool, here's Space Gandalf. Is the guy who gave him 20 years to live? Yes. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, cool, here's Space Gandalf. And then he was like, Lorian gave me 20 years. And I was like, you have a Gandalf-like figure and you named him Lorian? That would be like introducing a Tony Soprano knockoff and naming him Jersey. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually okay with that one. It's, you're right. It's a better idea. Uh, I thought Lorian looked like if someone smushed Kiati Mundi. <laughs> You're not well, wrong, and I mean it was before Kiati Mundi. So. What's Kiati Mundi's race? Big head guy. I... <laughs> Here's the thing I can tell you. Should I go to Wikipedia right the now. Confidence. I'm the confidence up. with which he said big head guy. I'm, I, I can. Here's what I can tell you. I don't know Kiati Mundi's race. I do know that they had a low birth rate, and there were far more females than males. So he's the only Jedi who was like allowed to be married. He is he a Serene. Like, um, that what? probably pissed Anakin off. So, Why is that the plot? Listen. <laughs> he, is not here to talk. he is a Serean, C-E-R-E-A-N, and he has a binary brain, whatever that means. Do you know why? Don't we oh. all? 
It just means. Didn't we talk about this last week? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, Cerean, he just took he just took the Latin for like brain, like cerebral, cerebrum, cerebellum, and yeah. just was like. And then added an E-N at the end. That's how everyone names things. I though. know, but like, come on. Yeah, if you've seen Men in Black, Balchinian. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's a classic example of a similar thing. I mean, yeah, Star Wars the, the series. Balchin. <laughs> Balchin. Star, not, not to get in too big of a tangent, but Star Wars the series where in the first episode, or the or in the first movie, they were like, we've got a... The uh, first movie or episode any, one? Episode four. Uh, okay. Where they're like, we have... Uh, whatever costumes are on the lot, we can use to do this bar. So there's a devil guy. And then later on, they're like, yeah, it's a Devaronian. They're from, like, the hell planet. It's also, the, it's one, like, okay. it's also the one It's also the one where there's a guy who tries to offer, in, in episode two, he tries to offer the Jedi uh, a drug called Death Sticks. And his name is Elon Sleazebagano. Yeah. Elon Sleazebagano. You I'm cannot say Sleaze Bagano. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a sec. George Lucas is so, uh, so much better of a creator in every way than J. Michael Straczynski. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, the the guy who sell tried to sell the Death Sticks, all of that. He's Mouse in the Matrix. That's, that's right. Oh, that, that was the thing I just that's saw right. recently right. where he that's was right. there. Right. And cool. this show had Flounder from Animal House in it. So anyway, that's not really a segue, what? but yes. The Centauri in the last episode is Flounder. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's there's a note of I only recognized in this show. Yeah, this is the least I trust Travis the most for dad culture. This is the yeah. least I feel like his uh, dad culture is on point. This is the least I have with like random talk about actors. There was uh I didn't know two anyone. actors. I recognize uh, there's someone from Lost on this show, so you do know somebody. Yes, that's true. Who's the one yep. From, yep. Who was the He's one also from on twenty four. Who was that one? I don't remember his fucking name. We're talking, I'm talking about a different character. I'm talking about Delenn. His Delenn is on Lost? Her character was Danielle. She's Croatian. She's oh, Danielle? Oh, fuck. She's Danielle on Lost. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. She what? had a lot of makeup. She had a lot of makeup. What? It makes sense that none of us realized I this one. I have no idea. Wow. The only, yeah. The only one I recognized was in the finale. The main guy is uh, Tron. Uh, Betty Draper's guy- dad is also... The guy looking who played through, Garibaldi look really familiar to me. So I, I want to talk about him because yeah. he has a fascinating life. Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm glad we all but, made yeah. notes. When on I was his looking life. through, when I was looking through the main cast on Wikipedia of like who was ever on this show, the only name I recognized was Robin Atkin Downs, who's a voice actor primarily. Hmm. I can't believe you're just slandering Tron like this. He I fight, didn't watch Tron. He fought for the users. Everybody in this show looks like they should be a voice actor. That's, that's fucking skating. That's brutal. Jesus Christ, Matt. <laughs> saying it's just full of good. It's one wow. of the least attractive shows I've ever seen in my life. That's like true. across the board, both the people and the sets, the cinematography, the CGI. I can't believe you weren't shipping to Len and Jakar at the end of episode one because of how hot that sex would be. Uh, by the way, for those of you listening at home, just the update, Stephen has removed both of his shoes and one of his socks. <laughs> he is... We are, we are this right always back in happens, it. it's just right that people don't it. see it. <laughs> we are right back in it. Alright, should we get into the test pilot movie, Babylon 5, The Gathering? Yes. I want to talk about alien dicks instead. <laughs> oh, we but will. We'll I mean, they we'll come up there. in this episode. There's a whole alien proposition in this what that was, was extremely that discomforting. What was that scene? <laughs> just the show was like, we you. want you to know, this isn't, this isn't your... 
I mean, Star Trek had aliens fucking too, right? Or implied aliens. Yeah, but fucking, I mean, so. Star Trek aliens that fucked for the longest time were just like racist stereotypes of people. Yeah. They were like, this is a, this is an alien species. These are <laughs> Mongolians, but they're, you know. <laughs> How much did you want to play Mass Effect though when you were watching this? Uh, I was like, <laughs> I kept, I kept being like, I kept, Well, the thing is, going back to what Matt said, but I guess we can't do that because he said it before we started recording. What Matt what said before we were recording, Matt, what, you said something to the effect of um, uh, that there were a lot of interesting ideas that you felt, or like there could be an interesting story here. Yeah, how you did you word it, Matt? There's so much world. It seems like it's very easy for them. It would be very easy to make something interesting, and they decided, for some reason, not to make anything interesting. So here's what I have to say about that. When you are a big nerd, uh, as someone... <laughs> I'm pointing at myself. I, I, I was thinking about this on my run earlier, where I was like, I'm comfortably the nerdiest one in this podcast, and I might be the nerdiest people you all know. Yeah, but the thing is, you're only a little bit more nerdy than me. Yeah, well, I'll, you are. More I'll, I'll only a little bit know be an that I associate with because yeah, I've known whatever. some big fucking nerds in my life. That's true. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Gifted uh, school. Couldn't be Anyway. Travis, so, Travis getting us into the gifted school discourse weeks after it'll be no longer a buzz on It will Twitter. resurface again as it does every three months on Twitter. Uh, so. We'll be ahead of the curve. So when you're a big nerd. So when you're a big nerd and you're writing something, it's very, as somebody who has DM'd multiple D&Ds and made up stuff for Call of Cthulhu and read a lot of amateur-ish or semi-professional nerd shit writing. It's, I love the idea of a semi-pro nerd shit league. <laughs> it's, I'm an it's amateur very, nerd. Why is the sci-fi sport tennis? Why is it always a fucking tennis Wait, it's player? always tennis? It's always tennis. What else is a tennis? Ah, uh, okay. I like, if it's dystopian, I mean, maybe I'm is just infinite thinking just sci-fi of Infinite and I never Jest. Do. I don't know. Yeah. But just like, sci-fi. it just feels like tennis. Like, okay, uh, we need a sport. Uh, tennis. I, see, I just watched Starship Troopers. Yep, I was just thinking of. The other of... night, and that's, that's, fa- that's got literal, like, sci-fi football that's hilarious. Yeah. That's, but that's uncommon. And Starship Troopers yeah. is, like, not a, anyway. So... So when, when, you, when you're writing this stuff, it's so easy to get so bogged down in world building that you forget to make interesting, relatable characters. Because at some point, at some point, you have to have an arc, a story arc or a storyline or a character that has gone through something that is similar-ish to things that people have gone through. You have to make them relatable. You have to you have to make somebody care about what's going on. You have to ground it. Yeah. And and a lot of and ground it in some form of reality. And it's tough to toe that line between between I want to make up a bunch of worlds and I want to have characters with original accents and not be like this is a Chinese alien or this is an Eastern European alien like They're all Eastern actually, European on this show. Yes, they right, are. Right. <laughs> but but it's but like as much as you want to be like okay well this is an entirely new accent if you get into that stuff it's so easy to get so lost in it that you lose the humanity and people right. only really want to watch stuff that is interesting to them because they can relate somewhat to what's going this, on this project this podcast has has taught me that I really like the idea of big ideas, but then once the thing starts, I'm mostly just like, why aren't these two kissing? Yeah, like... <laughs> Immediately. We just we just want to see... We want to see the people fight, and I we want to see the people see, kiss. I want to see hot people do cool shit and fall in love. Yeah. It's, also, it's uh, why all the most enduring Star Wars characters are humans. Uh, as how much fucking as dare like you? The, 
The best Star Wars character is not a human. The second best Star Wars character is not a human. Are you talking about Nub? Are you talking Yoda? Yeah, I'm talking yeah, about talking Baby about Yoda. Me and Nub. Me and Nub, sorry. Nub <laughs> Nub is the song the Ewoks sing. <laughs> Nub Nub. Yeah, and Chewbacca. Nub, no, it's Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Chewbacca and Yoda. Yeah, yeah. Um, those but, are the best. Uh, and like Yoda when he's just like the puppet. And but an like asshole. if we but didn't have Luke and Leia bits. and Han yeah. and, and Darth Vader and I would everything. watch Yoda be an asshole to people on a planet for years. But I, my desires are unconventional, and I am aware of this. I don't know how unconventional. But like, but like this show fails. This show spends so much time in the pilot being like, well, in this world, this is the way that I, I am. In this I am world, very certain that you could have asked JMS any question about the histories yep. of this world that he constructed, and he would immediately have an answer for you about all of that. Yep. And that's not necessarily good, but I do respect that. I like can we, that. Can we speculate on the psyche of the person who actually liked this, then? No. Why this kind of thing no, no, no. appealed to them? <laughs> no, okay. I, because I, I, it, it I, feels I so inhuman and so not grounded. I don't have to speculate because because I've known people and been to some degree this person who's so depressed and like absolutely absolutely fed <laughs> up with the world of humans that the most extreme version of escapism is the one I want. And and that's really what's happening here is if it, you'll find the nerdiest people and you'll find them to not be very personable if you're at conventions or whatever. You know, I've been to anime conventions. Uh, I've I met a lot of people yeah. who like mean well, but just don't fucking get people. I would yeah. say in a far more generous reading than Stevens, <laughs> um, uh, as somebody, this isn't the one for me, but like sometimes, sometimes you just want something that's a little bit like reading a Wikipedia page. I mean, and it doesn't always like have to reading be the Bible. Like every single Sometimes thing you, was just also, like you know what it's like. It's someone's being so in somebody. It's like reading the first fifty pages of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I was gonna say it feels very much like the start of a chapter on something where it's like here is this you know this this grand species this grand race this you know this this deep history of all of this. But like I I mean I was joking about this earlier with Stephen, um, but there's you know those memes that are like the little brackets that are like how much a thing is one thing. And somebody did one for the video game Destiny where it was just like, you know, like the first half was just like, Brr, guns feel good. And then the middle half was just like, oh, God, the grind. And at the very end, it's just this thing that's just like, so Hashladun is the daughter of Oryx, the Taken King, who was one of the original. And like, you don't get that in the game Destiny mm-hmm. unless you're like sitting and reading the grimoire and the wiki, the wikis and things like that. Yeah. But I've done that. I've watched the four-hour lore explainer, and uh. it's been like, but oh, the problem is yes. there has and to be a hook. And w- if Lord of the Rings, the hook is, like, really cool fighting and shit. Uh, and, and Is it? I don't... It's I, not... This isn't like the beginning of Lord of the Rings. This is, like, for people that's favorite book that Tolkien wrote is the Silmarillion. Yeah. Yeah. And I know some people like that. Yeah. yeah. And then... But it's also, Huge like... Tweets. Some people like legendariums, and that's fine. I like that. I've read... I've just read... This is for people who can just, like, sit down and read the monster manual... And like, a that's thing I would cool do as a child. I just I, I I had a very good friend who dated a guy who who told her something that made me say, go away from him, uh, and that was he can't watch things that are too close to reality because he hates reality so much. So he generally only watch like the the most out there sci fi and anime. That's all he watched. And so it's, I'm and sitting. I know right I'm. Here. I know I'm generalizing, <laughs> Ian. You like plenty of. 
<laughs> I know, like, but I love this joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm right here. It's just, it's just, I know, I know I'm generalizing when I said that thing earlier. I'm kind of explaining where that comes from. Yeah. I don't mean to hate on nerds. I am a nerd. Uh, but Steven like, is, yeah, listen, Steven's nerd credit is he doesn't cry to anything unless it's a cartoon. That's correct. And, uh, but like... Tra the face Travis made <laughs> after I said that was deeply alarmed, I would say. <laughs> And he thought he got away with it. He thought he slid out. He thought that he that instinct was covered, but it I saw. Travis Travis had better face acting in that moment than any actor in that one. <laughs> in fairness, many They're of the covered actors, in prosthetics. Yes. <laughs> many of the actors have, have difficult headgear at least to work with. The humans, sure, yes. Dude, I, the headgear in this show looks like when uh that Twitter account, this person does not exist, tries to make a hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that Twitter account. My favorite thing in this show was like, does that person have a funky space haircut, or does that hair mean they're another species? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, that. that, that one, was, of my no, one of my notes was just like, I hope haircuts are better than this in the twenty third century. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, they're aliens. Okay, sure. So well, like, there were some humans with bad ones too. He's not even. He's not even. He doesn't look different. The alien, big the, eyebrows. The Centauri with the big. He's Eastern I mean, European. <laughs> The big hair, it reminded me of, um, uh, there's uh, an X-Men species, the Shi'ar, where the thing is they were, like, descended from birds, so they have hair like that. Oh, that rocks. Like, it's like, you know, more like a plumage sort of the thing Centauri, like that. The Centauri, from what I learned from Wikipedia, they, only, they do that hair, only, only very high status Centauri have the peacock hair, and the rest of them just wear helmets all the time. Travis, what else do the Centauri have? Well, yeah, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> we haven't talked about uh, the cares? show at who cares? all. Who cares? We'll, get we'll to do it. that in a second. Listen, it, it took 30 noted. minutes to make it be like there's a mystery. I'm going to say this sentence first. So this show, please let me say this sentence first. This show is about a space station that is sort of a diplomatic middle ground between multiple races that have previously warred with each other but are trying to find peace. Okay, that's it. Now go yes. on. So, first of all, the cardiovascular system of Centauri includes two hearts instead of the single heart that humans have. The right heart is a solid mass of muscle which provides most of the force behind the body's blood circulation. The left heart is much more complex. This heart is made up of an intricate system of thousands of veins that help cleanse the blood in a manner similar to the human kidneys. Yes, Ian. Yeah. Uh, That's uh, just uh, a uh, kidney, classics. then. That's not a heart. That's a kidney. It's a kidney in the chest. That's fine. That's it's still fine. a fucking kidney. I, the, the kidney's somewhere okay. else. <laughs> so, if you sever the fibers between those two hearts... What happens? It uh, doesn't say that in the Wikipedia article. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, Two Hearts is just a classic, like, quick and easy way to distinguish a human-like species from a human in science fiction. Should have like, given him Two Hearts, then. That's a kidney. The Doctor uh, from Doctor Who, like, all um, uh, Time Lords have two hearts. Mm. You know you know what has two hearts or more? Um, the Bruce Springsteen song Two Hearts yeah, I was also uh, thinking about like that normal, uh, Most species of worm have multiple hearts Do you know why? So that when they are cut in half they can keep going? Well, or injured uh, I mean normally they don't get cut in half as cleanly as humans can So like Wait, wait, time out, time out Do you mean as cleanly as humans <laughs> cut worms in half? Yes Or do you mean that a <laughs> yeah. human can get bisected like Darth Maul at the end of like I mean like when you're a kid you cut a Worm okay, now let's scissors. take this. Now can we take this back? But then scissors. instead, you run with the bit and you talk about how human beings. That's the thing kids do. We're very cruel to annelids. Scissors. Uh, we don't need to be that way. <laughs> uh, but like, but like, so the reason why we say they have multiple hearts is because 
they can continue to survive if we remove one of them. Whereas I'm pretty sure that the Centauri, if we were to kill one of their hearts, they would die. Especially if it was the one that does the thing that a heart does. Time yeah. to Google what happens but to the other one would have like renal failure. Yeah. Anyway, on top of that, <laughs> the more important thing is the sexual organs of the Centauri are in a different location than human sex organs. Male Centauri have six tentacle like genital organs that extend out from the sides of the body and fold in over the solar plexus when not in use. The males can stretch the tentacles out oh, to man. four feet. Four feet! So now when you're looking at Londo or uh, Vircato, you're thinking about their four foot dick that they could unfurl at any time <laughs> they're four foot dicks there's th- there's a lot of interspecies sex implied in this show and like how does it happen i got some deviantart links <laughs> some some reddit links if you want to see somebody with let me talk about taxonomy for a second if you can breed with the species oh here we go <laughs> and your offspring can have more offspring that's the same species as well, you. Well, we don't know that yes. they're not sterile when they have the, uh, the offspring. Uh, we also don't see anyone's offspring. We see one person who I'm became a hybrid. I'm just talking about the conversation about making the... No, because he's talking about breeding... Oh, yeah, uh, you're right. He wanted tel- to do that. I think there was going to be... Yeah, I, into his species. Now, you here's know, the thing. Maybe human concepts of taxonomy maybe and biology are Yeah, yeah. Yeah, here's yeah, the thing. Because yeah. I was like, that's how you can read the scene. Me in the abstract of only watching this one, I was like... It's a weird way to try and pick up a woman. Yeah, okay. just wanted to get laid. Because that, that's how I took it. Because yeah. once Maybe. he's like, now, the cloning process would be much longer. I, I thought he was just like, yo, let me, let me, I'm trying to smash you. Right, As, and again, cloning. Anyway, if I had to fuck one of these species, I would obviously fuck a Vorlon. Uh, uh, right, because you'd experience, like, some ecstasy that changed your entire yeah. perception of what life is. Would you look, if, right. if you were told... If you look in the face of this fucking guy, hey, there's a guy at this party that if you look at his face, <laughs> nothing will be the same afterwards. Would you look at his face? <laughs> no. <laughs> but in what way? But yeah, like no, only like... for you, apparently. <laughs> but in what way? Um, a guy just came back from the bathroom and on his way back from the bathroom, he looked at this guy's face and then he's like, dude, everything's different. Now. Everything's different. I now. Would just, yeah, like, hey, if you don't want everything to be different now, don't death, go that way. I've done guy. drugs where in the moment I was like, everything's different now. Guess what? It's not. Like, maybe <laughs> he was just high. No, 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 no. But this is not what we're saying. It's not that the, it's as your friend comes up to you and he's like, yo, so there's this guy at the back of the party and he's got a hoodie on. And if you ask him to remove the hood and you look directly in his face, I like, I don't know. It's like the face of God, man. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. You're I clearly look, shaking. I would look. I would look. I would look. Yeah. I'd look. I it's like, like it's like the smell this gym listen, bag thing. Listen, <laughs> like, listen. <laughs> and, and, and in the grand vision, but all life all altering. these <laughs> and the grand I've got this life altering gym bag that I found. But in the grand vision of all of these bits in this podcast, <laughs> it's three people saying yes and one person saying no. And those that breakdown never changes and it's always the same person saying no. <laughs> Dudes rock. Dudes rock. We would all I only sitting said, in a room. You've got I 15 was, minutes. That's what I wouldn't do. You've got 15 minutes. See the face of God or don't. Okay, yeah, the face of God or not. <laughs> Travis kills the 15 minutes. The rest of us are like, show me the fucking face. What's the worst that happens? It's What's the end the of worst the, it's the end of Raiders of the Lost Dark, and I like, I melt. Let's party. I'm just not a risk taker. 
Should we get to the we plot of this 90 minute <laughs> there, long test there's pilot? There's so little to it. So yeah, I guess walk us through. There's a lot to it. There's not. So the year is 2257. Uh, and humans, non-humans are gathering on the space station called Babylon 5, which as we've established is like a weird diplomatic zone uh, between the five major spacefaring races, as we mentioned earlier, humans, Narn, Centauri, Minbari, and Vorlons. The, I feel like the Narn... Just ripping immediately. Narn get the short end of the stick in that one, right? Who's the one who who eats their mate? Is that just some other alien I species? I thought that was a lie. Yeah. But what There's also species? There are also other alien species that are less... Like sapient yeah. and whatever. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's the five powers. It's it's a Mass Effect. It's yeah. What's the who's a Narn? The the lizard. Jakar. Yeah. Jakar is a Narn. Yes. Who's the, a Centauri? The ones with the hair. Lando. Who is uh? The ones with the ridges. No. What are the five again? Manhattan, <laughs> Brooklyn, Narn. the Bronx, <laughs> Queens, Staten Island. Right. These are all these are all together. Humans are the Staten Island of this group. There are uh, humans. Okay, hold on. We're we're gonna have to keep doing humans. It. Centauri. Yes. Uh, Narn. Minbari. Vorlon. Vorlon. Got it. I'm I'm on board. Okay. There Vorlon are shadows is the face well, of God. But guy. they're not. Yeah. And there are shadows are, that are mentioned, but they are not part of the ones we see. Okay. The the Vorlon and the shadows are like older races that are more advanced, okay. and the others are like. The newer kids on the block. And there's the humans are the newest about, of them all, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about going beyond the rim, which I take to be a lot like, um... Yeah. <laughs> 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 a lot like going to the undying lands of the elves in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> we are introduced to Commander Jeffrey Sinclair. He's in charge of Babylon 5. I love that this dude's name is just Jeff. Everybody just calls yeah, him he's Jeff. Just, I love that he's Jeff, yeah. That, that's still a name. Wait, what's the, the other one's like Michael? Some name, it never goes out of style. Yeah. <laughs> Some name. This perfectly Some fucking name. human name. <laughs> that's good. Like, I know. That There's is, probably been Jeffs for the last 200 years or more. Why God, not the next can 200 you imagine? Years? Can you imagine someone in, like, the past... Being exposed to fu- like our future, and they're just like, "Wait, you're still naming people John? You haven't come up with cooler names than John?" It's like, yeah, people still like the Bible. Uh, anyway, That's such a shame. So the crew, they're awaiting the arrival of Ambassador. Picking your face over here. <laughs> they're. <laughs> Anytime I say something anti-religious and somebody calls me Ricky Gervais, I just have to shut up. Yeah. Like- <laughs> anyway, Ambassador Kosh is. Arriving soon of the of the Vorlons, and we are also introduced to a new human pastor named Leda Alexander, who is a telepath, and Del Varner, who is a civilian with a shady past. Some sort uh, of, I, some sort of and I would say perhaps some type of sleaze bag, maybe a sleaze. I don't need this. Bag. No, I was okay. Yeah, uh, it's weird having you in a someone. Role. Someone comes on and like <laughs> tries to, to take somebody. Somebody tries to take someone hostage with what looks like a remote control, and uh, the yeah the attempt to at make this dude this looks scene? like Barry Manilow, the criminal. <laughs> this scene was nothing, and then he's just like, Why, he it, didn't really think this through. Is it just like, to right, show off the like plastic it. disc guns that they use in this show? Yes, they look so bad. Um, they look so bad. Hey, anyway, listen, it's after 1993. The, after this weird. In- encounter Jeff takes Lyda on like a tour of the ship and basically does the exposition. <laughs> they does- say the last names mostly, so when you just say Jeff, Sin- <laughs> they call Commander Jeff. Jeff, 
Commander Jeff takes the telepath woman. What's his woman, last name? Sinclair. Sinclair. Another normal name. Uh, and takes her on a tour of the ship. That's basically the exposition of like, what is this show and what is the setting that we're on, which is yeah. you know, Space Station Babylon Five. This one works better he than the last one. He, uh-huh. he explains very casually. He's like, yeah, one through three got destroyed, and we don't know what happened to four. Oh well. Like, I love that. Just I fucking love. Very sinister. The casual, uh, one of the movies the, touches on Babylon. Oh, 5. absolutely, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I um, I know one thing that happens with this character from reading TV tropes years ago. That just stuck in my brain, and I will drop that at any point when, when asked mm-hmm. about what happens to Jeffrey Sinclair. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of stuff, like, goes on in the next 20 minutes that are just ignored by the synopsis that includes, like, Jakar talking to Leda about trying to make a telepath. See, I was, like, into her. the Narns, and then that scene happened, and I was like, I might yeah. be out on the Narn. What? I'm and, like, we meet, we meet Londo. He's, like, at the casino that's on board. This, I, I'd love to go to the, this casino. Yes. I love the idea of a space casino so much. Yep. I love a casino that has to like has like forty different games because all aliens love gambling, but they're different types of gambling. And so you don't. You're just like, oh, we're just playing craps, but we're not because there's it's like a space craps. Th- yeah, it's there's like a weird shoot. There's like a there's like an ice luge luge that you have to throw these these dice down. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Lotto. What was it again? L- Londo. Londo, uh, yeah, uh, Lando Londo Colrossian, yeah. The next thing that the synopsis uh, deems important enough to talk about is, so Ambassador Kosh arrives, uh, and he's a Vorlon, and no one has ever seen a Vorlon's true form. They come in these things called encounter suits that look really cool. This is the one cool-looking thing I think that the show did. Uh, Kosh arrives, he looks cool, and then he immediately uh, falls ill from apparent poisoning. I- Love that. I love that it's just like he's walking and then he's just like, boom, down on the ground. Yeah, it's just like, oh shit. Yeah, like, did he just die? What's going on? So he's... Uh, These encounter suits made me think of the guys who appear at the start of The Fifth Element. Do you remember the weird robot-looking aliens that appear at the start and they, like, move slow yeah, yeah, and they're yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, steampunky? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's something in this where it's just... Uh, the, the design of it. I did. I was doing some, you know, um, periphery research on Vorlons. Uh, I did. I did keep. Vorticons. I did keep struggling with the name because it's, it reminds me a lot of a name from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy as well. Because there's the. Um, I want to say Vorlons now, but it's not. But they're the ones who do the bad poetry and destroy Earth. Oh, the Turians. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, but um, I was reading up about the costumes, and it's uh, basically other than like in this scene in the pilot. You never see a Vorlon enter or leave a room because they don't fit through the doorways. Like ah! in actual, in reality, like the costumes just didn't fit. So they're just always in that room first. Like, that rules. Do they speak? That's funny. I uh, have to imagine yes. I think eventually, yeah, yeah. He speaks. He even speaks in that one scene when we get the flashback from the telepath. Do we? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, he suddenly falls ill, and they're like, "Oh shit! This would. This is a diplomatic nightmare. Like an ambassador just showed up." Uh, here at our, our UN thing and was immediately poisoned. poisoned. Yeah. That looks bad. Uh, what do we do? So we meet Babylon 5's chief medical officer, Dr. Kyle. He's instructed to conduct a medical investigation, which he needs to do very quickly because uh, Kosh will die in 24 hours if he doesn't. He's losing 5% of his life force I love every that. hour or something. I love I love, that I love like, yeah, yeah. vague life force. I also like that because have- it implies that literally if you have 1% of your life force, you're fine. Like you, have to- you can recover. Yeah, uh, yeah, it happens to me all the time. I, when I played yeah, Fortnite so- last night. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah they plugged into his uh, little socket and they got a readout of his life bar yeah mm. like you might as well like have hit points or whatever and then you can just he's dying and, and then he falls on um qi charger and he's just laying there and he's like oh no i'm gonna make it i'm getting he falls, back up he falls in water then comes back up for air like super mario 64 and then he's healed uh so and we also meet uh security chief michael garibaldi who uh has done very poor he's work been, with his receding hairline and from bounced from station to station i wish yeah. this car- as you know i wish this character was garris vicarian yes He's, uh, he's got the Garibaldi. Bruce Willis in Die Hard One haircut, and that's okay. Yeah, but like extended out, and it's it's rough. But later on, Let's, he looks like Billy Joel. So he yes, really does. Yes, the <laughs> finale. I went. I was like, "Holy shit!" They cast Billy Joel as J. Jonah Jameson. Was my first yeah. reaction. Should we talk about Jerry Doyle, who plays Garibaldi? Let's do or it should now. we do that later? Yeah, okay. let's talk. Jerry Doyle. Let's talk. Has a fascinating life. Let's uh, talk about a man who ran for the U.S. House of Representatives, Jerry Doyle. Yes, so he began his career, or his like his adult professional career, he was a corporate jet pilot, then he was a stockbroker for a decade, and then he was like, I'm going to move to LA and get into acting. And he was going to replace Bruce Willis on Moonlighting, potentially, and then he was on The Bold and the Beautiful as a lawyer, and then Babylon 5, and he was on Babylon 5 the whole time, where he refers to himself as, quote, a Mick from Brooklyn playing a WAP from Mars. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, Oh my god. (laughs) Why isn't the whole show about that? That's amazing. Imagining David Bowie, are there WAPs on Mars? Anyway. (laughs) You can make fun of Italians, never racist. Uh, (laughs) uh, Anyway, he also voiced Captain Simeon on the cartoon Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. Whatever that was. Holy shit, that sounds amazing. (laughs) Captain and then Simeon and the Space Monkeys? Is that, is that a cartoon? Yeah, yes. I would imagine. Hold on. In 1990, from 96 to 97, uh, 26 episodes. Uh, then he began his own production company and started becoming a right-wing political commentator. So he was a frequent yeah. guest on, on Newsmax and Fox and Friends. Yep. And he had the sixth most popular talk radio show in the country in uh, early 2012 uh, called The Jerry Doyle Show. Uh, and then he was going to replace Michael Savage on Savage Nation, and then Michael Savage won a lawsuit against Talk Radio Network. That's a whole thing. And he died, right? He died. Yeah, he did run. He ran for House of Representatives in 2000 and lost to. When did he? When did he die? Uh, 2016. He died July of 2016. So we didn't so, get to see this guy in the Trump era. Sadly. No, but God. I was going to say. So there's a different world where he really works on that. Like you said, he, you know, the sixth most popular talk radio show. There's a world where we have him instead of Joe Rogan, and it's the same sort of thing of just like, yeah, it's this guy, he was just on a TV show for a while as like a side character <laughs> who's like, you know, like, he, this is just, yeah, this is just space, you know, the version of Joe Rogan in um, uh, Newsweek. Newsweek? News Radio. News Radio, yeah. Uh, he ran for the House of Representatives in California's 24th and lost to Brad Sherman, and he died in 2016 of natural causes with complications from chronic alcoholism being a contributing factor. He's one of several major cast members on the show who died around age 60. Yeah. Um, it's like, we can also mm-hmm. talk about the guy who played Sinclair and why we don't see him later. Um, but we can do that after mm-hmm. like in between episodes. Um, anyway, so that's Jerry Doyle. Yeah. So, uh, he's going conducting a security investigation on board the ship. Uh, and the doctor and Lieutenant commander Takashima, uh, 
who we also met earlier, who is very bad at acting. Um, yeah. They wow persuade persuade Lyda to perform an unauthorized mind scan on the unconscious Kosh. Like I could be kicked out of the Psy Corps, she says, Good. which is a great line. Uh, absolutely love that. I could not get over this telepath. I because mostly of the fact that she looked like Melanie Griffith in Working Girl. But it's just like, I'm a member of the Psy Corps. I'm sure. Like, this is jarring. Uh, so she does a, a mind scan on on Kosh and sees from his perspective him getting off the elevator and sees Sinclair come up and he's like, welcome to Babylon 5, Dr. Kosh. And he shakes his hand and then reveals, he's like, put a weird tag in his hand. And it's like, whoa. The, <laughs> Kosh immediately is like, oh, and falls down. The first thing that happens is, yeah, when they cut to that Kosh perspective, I was expecting him to be like, welcome to Babylon 5. We just need to get your sensors straight. Can you look up for me? And then yeah. he would just like look up and be like, okay, cool. Can you look down? All right, side to side. Like, I was just the way well, that Well, it's that weird because they made a big deal about how, like, when she does a mind scan, she sees from, like, her own body, and it didn't matter at all that that's what she sees. It was but, so, yeah, disorienting. Um, but, yeah, so he appears to have been poisoned by the commander, who's clearly been introduced as, like, the protagonist of this show. So you're like, huh? So she freaks out and is like, what the hell? Uh, and uh, Sinclair walks into the room right at the same time, and she's like, he did it, and, like, freaks out. Uh, and then... I mean, they kind of, like, my read on this, because it was, it, I mean, this was big, the scene from her. I was like, right, yeah, I guess she was just in that person's brain, so it's like he poisoned her, I guess, but yeah, it was so very Yeah, so she's, like, jarring. traumatized. And yeah, you'll, you'll see it as yourself. Yeah. And it just was so jarring and silly. And so the council convenes and they vote after much politicking to uh, deport Commander Sinclair and send him to the Vorlon homeworld to await trial. Because if they don't do that, then the Vorlons are going to, like, blow up Babylon 5. Uh, I really hate the way that Jakar, the antagonist, sort of happened. He's just like, well, you see... I do love... If if we can't be impartial judges... (laughs) Then we'll have to send him to the home planet of the Volons. Now, so the thing I That's did like about so this is sci-fi, I did, man. I did really appreciate the fact that they did not go with the easy accent for the lizard-like people. Yeah, it's not like he's doing that. Instead, you're just like, oh, I bet I know what this guy sounds like. And then he's like, hello, I'm just a little dandy, aren't I? And you're just like, oh, this is fun. Because like that was that was like. Yeah, it's 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 mostly you know like oh we're gonna get actors to play from this era from this part of the world to all play aliens and I was just thinking earlier when Travis was talking about this and Stephen was talking about this where I was like I'd love if they were just like oh yeah no all of these aliens speak with Swedish accents it's just one of those just a random accent like that you're like oh sure okay it's like uh, has anyone here seen the show any of the episodes of the show The Expanse no no. Um, all of the, uh, so that one's like Earth and Mars and then the asteroid belt. And all of the belters basically just speak like Afrikaners. God. Sure. Are there wops on Mars is still in my head. I can't, I can't get, I can't get that phrase out of my head. Last thing you hear, you're just, you're on your deathbed. Are there wops on Mars? Also at some point. Now, now that I'm looking at my notes, that reminds me, I don't know if it happened yet, but there's a part where, like, Sinclair is talking about the war and remembering the war, and you keep hearing, like, 
he, he keeps hearing like voices like from the battlefield that like pop in through the audio and it yeah, just made yeah, me yeah. think of, it made me think of airplane when uh ted striker's flying the plane and is like hearing things from his past so i kept expecting to hear and now at the plate manny mota but it didn't happen uh, matt do you remember the scene where the guy's like we were once slaves my people to the centauri as you all remember, that's is that the Minbari woman who then like chokes him or whatever? She, she does the Vader choke. Is that that scene with the rings on? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that was neat. She just like I casually opened like a secret panel in her apartment and then yeah, was and, like, yeah, and he's like, you know, I hear of the Grey Council, the secret powers, and then suddenly you'll just, never mention that again in my presence, yeah. or I will force choke you. Yeah, she's just like, I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> When does the frictionless is- sheets lady come in? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Uh, that's earlier than. <laughs> Would you want your sheets to be completely no friction frictionless on the, on the sex sheets? <laughs> Just sliding around on them. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Whoa! slip and slip. If they had a scene where he tries to get into bed but falls off the other side because the sheets <laughs> don't have any friction. <laughs> Zuckers, <laughs> Abrams, Zuckers, Babylon. Yeah. Die. God. Dude, I, did they you ever imagine do Leslie Nielsen saying there's no friction on the sheets as then behind her I can easily goes, imagine Leslie Nielsen as, the wall. as a space station captain. There's a girl this, yeah. under the sheets and it's weird because there was a girls under the sheets gag in the finale. Yes. But there's a girl under the sheets and he tries to get into bed and just flies off the other direction like out of the space station. Just like a slide dies. whistle that plays. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the setup for how Leslie Nielsen gets hired to be the new commander. Can we, can we, uh, guys, I think it's time to talk Foley here. Um, (laughs) they really in the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Can you just have a bunch of Foley sounds play and introduce this? Um, yeah, just a bunch of bad footstep sounds (laughs) and like breathing. They keep so much of the sound that was picked up by the original camera microphones in this show more than any show I've ever seen. <laughs> it sounds like you are by the fucking sea when like because also my video playback kept pausing because it would have to buffer and then it would come back and it would just be like <laughs> <laughs> and these frictionless sheets supposedly frictionless where that was the loudest bed I've ever heard in my life <laughs> like uh, as they're wait. moving around in that bed <laughs> anyway. What happens next? Garibaldi suspects that Del Varner, because he's a shady criminal who's on there, is involved in the poisoning, but he finds Varner dead in a fish tank, which I feel like, I think I was looking away when this happened, because I don't even remember that. Uh, is that the guy who's dressed like the Riddler? It was, it was... Yes. Who kind of looks like Ed Drost so, uh... from, uh, from uh, Grizzly Bear. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. You know what? I did spend like a solid like five minutes being like, have I seen this guy in something? Yeah. We also earlier saw someone get in an elevator with Dolph Varner and be like, as the doors closed. Oh, yeah. And we're like, huh, what happened here? And so now we see uh, Leda, the telepath, enters the medical lab to talk to Dr. Kyle. And then she's just like casually just playing with the, the machines that control this thing's life and just turning it down. It's like, <laughs> okay. Doppelganger. <laughs> I used this phrase a lot when we did sorry about Burn Notice, but I refer to it as Hitman logic because in the video game Hitman, if a character is not looking at you, you can do anything on the fucking planet. Yes. And the moment they turn around, they're like, hey, what are you doing? This was so like me being like, well, that's not how you would do this, right? In the video game where I'd walk into the room and I'm like, wait, like, how can I get past this? And they're just like, 
That person's in the room the whole time. I guess maybe when they're typing at the computer, and this guy, once he's typing at that computer, anything going on behind him, because she's walking in, she's turning off all of the switches, she's unplugging <laughs> There's things. like a, an audible gas sound going into the other room. Like, Again, <laughs> um, it could be like a whole, it's another, this, this is how we fix the show. It's Zabro, it's, it's, it's a Zaz show. Because yeah, it's like, you see her, she's like, Feeding his fish, like it's like other like, mundane tasks. There are people looking. screaming, but he <laughs> yeah, doesn't notice. Yeah, he's doing all of this. He's doing all of this while he's just like, and then he turns around. And he's like, "Hey, you're not supposed to do any of that." Yeah. So she she gets caught, uh, attacks Doctor Kyle, and then the real Lyda enters the room and is like, "What is going on?" And there's a gunshot fired or a blaster Real shot. Traumatic or times for her. Yeah. She's been going through a lot. Really, she's having a bad day. Really tough shit. She's having a uh, bad three hours. I have no idea how much time has passed. So we so we've learned Ten that whoever the yeah that whoever the well, villain is has Earth some sort of. Or? They talk about Earth time here because like twenty four hours is very convenient for. They uh, do. They at one point say like a solar cycle, and I was like, I don't even know, man. Yeah, what does that mean? Anyway, so we've seen obviously that the villain has some sort of shape shifting power. And we learn what he actually is doing is that Del Varner had smuggled in something called a changeling net, uh, which like creates like a field or something that can turn make someone appear to look like someone else. Pretty cool. It's, I don't know. Was Chameleon Spider Man? Every fucking the... sci-fi show does one of these. They either yeah. have it be the species or some tech thing. Right. It's a species detecting files. I, I thought it was yeah. going to be species. Hey, speaking of, by the way, I just want to bring up uh, today's X-Files Minute, uh, brought to you, of course, by Old Style Beers. Um, Old Style, the sponsor of X-Files Minutes on As You Know. Uh, since we love to talk about X-Files... Thank you, uh, Old Style. Yeah, since we do love to talk about the X-Files on this podcast as it being a, a major thing, Stephen, you saying this reminded me, they, JMS really, really, really wanted... A, a Mul- well, not a Mulder and Scully cameo, but a, an Anderson and Duchovny cameo. Oh, shit. As just, like, space cops in just, like, one scene. It was, like, there was, like, they, they it fell through, but it was Damn. this thing where it was, like, they were really wanting it. Damn. Where it was, like, really pushed for, where he was just, like, yeah, he wanted them to appear as members of the Psy Corps, but the, it fell through, like, a sort of last minute. Oh, but I do just love that idea. <laughs> Every lot. show we watch, they should be in. Man, yeah, talk, ev- I, everybody who ever made a show after that show loved the yep. fucking X-Files. Yep, it's true. I, I know we're sort of off topic because we're talking about the scene where uh, Lina, is her name Lina? Lida. 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 Lida? Lida. Lida. Where Lida encounters Lida. Um, but we, I, I, I want to kind of take a deep dive into the relationship between Jeff and Delenn. Because there's like a lot of time on them sitting on a bench in like I just a tuned Japanese it out. Garden. I couldn't believe how long the scene was. Well, so like there were a few weird lines in that, including like here I have some stuff on the Vorlons, including how far they go on a first date or something like that. Oh yeah. And also we learned that the Minbari don't have art. Like they have no form of art. I actually have a note about this. Are they like the Minbari... priests of the temples of Syrinx? Like, that's their whole deal? <laughs> like, they're uh, just... I, I, I was doing some research uh, on it's Minbari. Just a waste of time. And I learned that, yeah, Minbari humor is primarily based on puns and a failure to achieve enlightenment. Like, that's the whole <laughs> bit of their humor. They So they just laugh at people who aren't enlightened? Apparently. Also, they use base 11. 
Why? That's point. Why would you fucking? It says uh, ten fingers and a head is how they would count. That doesn't even make sense. I didn't sense. like it either. That's yeah, not like, enlightened. I didn't like it. I'm making they also fun almost of them took over Earth, but they surrendered at the last minute for reasons that were mysterious at the time. Because, but because, I, I mean, as someone who's currently playing through Halo 2, if the Elite stopped fighting because the Prophet just decided that they should, that's what would have happened, you know? Um, so I actually know why that war started. I knew that just because... Why it ended. Or why it ended. Why it ended. I actually knew both parts because I've, I had read something about this years ago. And I don't forget stupid sci-fi things. Uh, and what had happened was, like, it was like a miscommunication in customs. So it was like, the the humans thought that the Minbari were about to fire on them when the Minbari were actually just doing something as, like, a sign of respect. That's what it started. So they, like, so they, like fired on that. And then the way it ended, and this is what ends up happening to Sheridan, uh, this, is, this is just a random thing I knew before this show, having, yeah, like, the TV tropes on this, because I'm fascinated by this specific thing that happens which is there's some fun stupid time travel that occurs because what happened is they tested like they he got abducted that because at the end when they're like there's a hole in your head or whatever yeah, yeah. what it it's the time he can't remember what had happened is he had been abducted by the minbari and tested and they found out he contained the soul of their grand hero and they were like sure oh my god we've been Baby fighting William. wait we've these are like it. some offshoot and they have like a religious taboo against slaying others, like slaying other Minbari. Ah. So they stop the war, they surrender immediately, and they're like, we have to investigate how this person is descended from this. And then all that it turns out is it's just time travel. He just, that guy goes back in time and becomes that figure. And then I think actually he then, be, by being that figure, is like her ancestor, the person in the, the garden. So he's her grandpa or something. Well, I, I think, distantly, but... That is huh. what happens, and then this all goes into effect because uh, J. Michael Straczynski, as I was reading on, for every character... These are the sort of plots we miss out on from doing this. Yeah, but I don't know if this would have been that good. No, 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 yeah. I was just saying. Interesting. But, um, but it helps so the, when we're just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, but I, so the thing with this is like, since it is one guy's vision, like all of this is already plotted out. Yeah. And the other thing he did with each character was he had basically off-ramps. If needed to, if something would come up in reality that would prevent them from continuing that character's That's arc. That's a good idea, though. They would be a way idea. to seamlessly get them out. Which happened with this, because the actor who played that Jeff. role... Yeah, played... Yeah, yeah, John Sheridan. Jeff, whatever, Sinclair. Played Sinclair, yeah. Uh, I think John Sheridan is the other guy. Um, yeah. Uh, he had a, a long struggle with schizophrenia and had to leave the show after the first season. Yes, oh. he quit acting, and, and yeah. they didn't reveal why he left until, after, until he died. Yeah, um, as a uh, as a matter of respect. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, they realize they're like, "Oh shit, this guy's a changeling net." Uh, so it can't have been Kosh that did it. It was someone imitating him, and they figure out. Well, no, that it, it can't have been Sinclair. Poisoning Sinclair. Kosh. Sorry, you're right. Uh, Come on, Travis. Sorry. Learn the lore. <laughs> uh, and they're like, "This takes a ton of energy to use, so we need to pinpoint a location where a bunch of energy is coming out of, and we can find." with a changeling net. 
Uh, I'm surprised there wasn't a red herring here where somebody else was just like using a very, very powerful vibrator or something like that. Just like, oh no, that's the other source of extreme energy is when the Minbari orgasm. Oh my god, yeah. They, you walk in and there's a, min, a Minbari and it's like spread out. I'm imagining he looks like a face hugger if you removed the like flaps of skin between. Uh, and it's just, like you just see that from behind and they're just like, oh sorry sir as they like slam the door. And, he, and the Minbari's like, close the door! Close the door! Or not the Minbari, the Centauri, whatever. I don't know. Vorlon. Vorlon's coming is clearly a large energy signature. Yes. But there aren't any on the ship except for this ambassador at the moment. Uh, we love we love a sci-fi explanation for like angels and devils, don't we, folks? Don't yes. we? Uh, so they're able to find the area of high concentration uh, of energy use, and the Vorlon also arrived there to take uh, to basically extradite uh, Sinclair. So as soon as they get close at all to this energy signature, that thing shoots at them. Was well, like, yeah. wouldn't you keep trying to hide? Like, they haven't found them yet. And he then yeah, he gives up the game shots. immediately. Yeah. And yeah. Just like, fine, fuck you. Uh, uh, listen, I panic in those situations. Again, I played Fortnite last night. What, you're I a cop? You what? panic, so you just start shooting a gun oh, at oh, I, was, I was like, what did I do that was cop-like in that moment? Because I said playing Fortnite, I was like, wait, what is cop- like cops play Fortnite? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is, <laughs> what is cop-ish about cops Fortnite? Cops and 11-year-olds. So they get in a bad fight. Uh, which is like the only action that happens at any point uh, in this movie. Uh, in this hour and the changing net is disabled. Long. Yeah, and the assassin is revealed to be a Minbari uh, who wanted to discredit like, Sinclair as retribution for his role in the Earth Minbari War 10 years earlier. I like. Because there's the, a hole in his mind. Uh, cool phrase. Cool phrase. I'm going to say it. Also, if somebody, if somebody that I just fought looked at me and said, you have a hole in your mind. It would fuck with me. I would be thinking about what happened there for a while. But um, I'm going to give them credit. It's like, yeah, it's 1993. They did a pretty good job with the rapid changing of the the shift net thing while fighting the guy. Yeah, that looked all right. Yeah, like, it looked that like was, That was pretty impressive thing. to me. Yep, it was good. Very yeah. much so. And like, because I was like, wow, you guys are going for it. You're not just going to have it malfunction immediately when thrown into the net. Or, like, the electrical fence or whatever. But this fight uh, leads to uh, an explosion, explosive charge, it, which throws the station off its axis. So the station is in danger of being torn apart from the inside. And then Takashima uses the station stabilizers to reestablish its axis. And the Vorlon delegation who just got there are, like, dropping all charges. We, we see what happened here. Travis, when you read what happened, it sounds so much cooler than how they yeah. actually... Did yeah, that. I was like, I don't remember this happening. Because the, the, <laughs> the dramatic music and horrible CGI. With a stabilizing, but like... And that woman who seemed important, but didn't really have that much important stuff to do, who like had illegal coffee. I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense to have illegal coffee, but like... But that's a classic scene that existed just to build the world, but isn't actually yeah. interesting or relatable at all. Uh, but uh, no, it was the, the yeah the stabilizing. That's I, I was like yeah. I was in the midst of saying something and we started chatting about coffee. The stabilizing, yeah, it sounds really cool when you say it. Like I'm thinking of like in Interstellar where they match the velocity of the spinning ship to cut to dock, and you're just like, holy shit, this is life or death. Are they gonna make it? And this was just like fire the retro jets and then like some like oxygen shoots out of little things and then like it, the speed slows down. I was like, mm. and we're like, we good. The Voltron, the, the Voltrons. Yeah, and then Voltron the Vor- shows up. The, and the, it's Vorlons. Just like- the Vorlons are like, we good. We see what happened here. 
Kosh recovers and he's like, there is a, there's a fine. thing that was said before they go to, uh, um, and you know, apprehend the, the guy who had the face changing thing. The guy who took his face off. Um, he, uh, they're just like, Hey, you might want to take a recorder. You might need evidence later. And then I was just like, wow, look at, look at this, look at this in the future. We still just have body cams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Sinclair then talks to Delan about like how the Minbari assassin city had hole his mind. That's when he shares his war flashbacks that seemed like airplane to me. Uh, <laughs> Every star was an exploding ship. Yeah. And then, so after that whole thing, we then get the scene of him inviting, like, because Jakar voted and, like, got other people to vote to get him deported, he's, like, is like, Jakar, come meet me, and Sinclair is like, Jakar, come meet me, and we'll, we'll have a toast. Let's have a drink. And then, like, he drinks something, and he was like, you know about nanotechnology? And he explains that he just put a nanotech a location transmitter inside Jakar so that this he... This was awesome. They'll be good. able to track him. Uh... And Jakar is like, Bleh? and like his stomach, it basically they make it seem like he gave him a laxative without saying as much. But like the way that it's he's acting, mental. it's like a class. Yeah, his like you hear his stomach noises. He's like, oh, and uh, like Garibaldi comes by and goes like beep beep at him, like as if he's also tracking him. But they were just playing a cool prank, but wanted to make him think that. Well, because they uh, point out they're just yeah. like, do you know how many tests they're going to run through? Yeah, like, this is going to be uncomfortable. And they're just like, yeah, I figured if we put an actual one in there, they would eventually find it. But if I yeah. told them that there's one there, they're going to spend so much time and effort trying to find it. And they're only going to get more paranoid because they aren't going to find it. And yeah. that's good. I love that. Shit. Also, yeah, imagine like my note is imagine foreign dignitaries implanting nanotech location trackers inside each other. And they like, do that all that, the time. That, almost that does seem happens. very Putin-esque, but yeah. We all got nanotrackers uh, put in us by... <laughs> uh, by foreign powers when we got the uh, the shots. By dang Google. Yeah, I was like, that's all I... I mean, and then Wait, Takashima is like, Babylon 5's open and operational, and that's yeah. the end of the movie. But this was a movie. They decided that this plot that we just talked about needed to be feature yeah. length. This is a made-for-TV, this is a test pilot. It, it, got TV movie. it got picked up. This pilot is not very well-received. Its ratings this on Letterboxd and IMDb are very low, relatively, Wait. compared to the rest of the series, even. So, like, it is surprising it kind of got picked up from this. Like, it didn't doesn't seem like this movie has the cult following the show does. I got picked up. It, I mean, it, it definitely got picked up because it's 1993 and they're launching a new network and they just need things. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Steven, you were saying. This is what happens when you spend 10,000 hours creating the logic of a world and the relationship between the species of them and 10 minutes on the internal narrative logic of your Uh, movie my my easy fix and the thing that would have gotten me like so much more invested in this is if you mixed if you moved it from it and i mean this is just speaking to my personal preferences if you move it from instead of it being like the main character is like you know the earth military figure and that's the one doing the investigation if you're just like yeah 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 so there's this like space private investigator on the station i'm just like yeah okay i'm watching 20 episodes of this regardless yeah like yeah if they had if they had framed it like that it's like yeah yeah it's the same setting same tech and all of that yeah. only it's more just like space noir or something yeah, like that that would have been cool they could have also had one hot character that would have helped i think you weren't attracted to the I, mantis lady i i want to give the show actually the credit for not having at least in the pilot and the finale a species that only exists to, to be, be hot. Yeah, to yeah. be hot and have Ayla sex with. Sakura, like. Yeah, the, uh, there are there are no Twi'leks yeah. or anything like that. Oof. Yeah, just you know. 
Also, Travis. also, I think in 1993, the mind reader girl was hot. Like, she's like, she's not unattractive. I think in 1983, she was a bit more of the style. Okay, yeah. Melly Griffith and Working Girl. It's like five years earlier, but yeah. yeah. Huh. I'm just saying. She got, she got the big jacket. I get yeah. it. Or the big coat. But Also, um, a little bit of Ziggy Stardust era, David Bowie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Their hair. Hot. Without a doubt. Are there wolves on Did we talk about the fact that the bedsheets were called Carnalian? <laughs> Carnalian bedsheets. I didn't pick up on that at all. They're called Carnalian bedsheets. Okay, so there probably is an alien race that exists to be hot, but they're not one of the <laughs> major technologically advanced called, ones. And they're called the Carnal. Dude, they're just incredible You know how badly I want to go to like a goth nightclub called Carnalian? <laughs> just like vodka tonics, Bauhaus, glow sticks, <laughs> fog machines. Ketamine. That, that one room that you that there's a rumor that it exists where people just fuck, but you don't actually know where it is and nobody can find it. Yeah, I I love that one of the reoccurring um, themes of this podcast is what type of bars we would open <laughs> or want to go to really badly. We just want to Matt and I just want to go to Burgine. Yeah, in yeah. Berlin. Well, before you do that, we have to get to the finale. Can we can we quickly say would anybody watch this? No. No. Bingo board. Dead man switch. My oh yeah, there was a Dead Man Switch thing. <laughs> I don't think uh, Dead Man Switch was on the bingo board. Was it not? It should be. It should not be. No, <laughs> that de- should listen, be. I'm going to push back on the idea of putting explosions on the on the hole and like Dead Man yeah. Switches on there. They're not on the board because there's like there are so many shows where they're never going to happen that that it doesn't yeah. make sense to include. Frasier. But I do just love I love a Dead Man Switch. But and what I if love yeah, a, de- a Dead, Dead Man, Man Switch, switch is <laughs> like for a show. Uh, for a show's success, it's like catching the snitch in Harry Potter. Uh, like you can, I guess, make a show that's not good with it, but it's a near guarantee. I, I do. I mean, Frasier would be perfect for it because for a comedy of errors, like a dead man switch is a great thing to throw in. Niles, there. having pressed the button down, is like, oh no, Frasier. Oh no, I think. Frasier, I think this is a dead man switch. Oh, oh heavens. Frazier, we must keep him alive. <laughs> he's very, he's very uh, sick, and if if he dies, Frazier, Martin, and, uh, Frazier and Niles like killing a person would be my ideal episode of Frazier. But <laughs> I think the thing that most is apparent with this show to me, and this was my final thoughts. Spoiler on this: it's like fifteen years too early. Is it's, it? It's got so much ambition. And the fact that it just there's it no just looks so bad. They, yeah, it's just, it there's so much bad, ambition, and, and they should have hired some writers. Well, but I mean, like even beyond that, just like the thing is like 15 years, the advancements. Thinking of how like Battlestar Galactica was able to look, yeah. and then how like because it was able to look like that, it was able to do more things. It's just like it just it was it's so ahead of its time that it's damned by being that far ahead. Is how I felt. And what was also ahead of its time was this finale, because this finale was actually shot in season four, because they thought that the show wasn't going to get renewed for a fifth season, so they shot this episode as the grand finale, then got renewed, so then they shot a different finale and pushed this back all the way a year, which is apparently why there are some cast members that show up in this that don't actually appear at all in season five. Huh. That's cool. But yeah, so the finale is called Sleeping in Light. It mostly revolves around characters we had not met in the pilot. Because for myriad reasons, including, as we discussed, that um, the guy who played Jeff Sinclair had to leave the show. So they introduced John Sheridan in season two, and he becomes the new captain and is the captain for the rest of the series. 
Uh, Did anyone else think but, it was the it was the same guy who just like no, looked different no. after many years? No. Not at all. I did not think that. I mean, eventually I figured it out. He grew a beard, but, but that's it. I, and then additionally, yeah. so the show, the main series takes place between 2257 and 2262, and every season is a full year, roughly. Yeah. But there is a 20-year time skip well, to the finale after the penultimate episode, so it's now 2281, where John Sheridan had died 20 years earlier on Jadoom, and did you? Uh, but it was given ex- extended life by a space wizard. What season Lorian. does that happen in? It's season this five season. Right yeah. Okay. Did you it's see? The- so, um, Travis, did you read how he dies? No. I did because I was I uh, I was reading up on the I was trying to find out if somebody had played this character of Lorian. But um, what apparently happened is that character. Here's my understanding from the brief uh, like link on this thing that I was reading. Uh, he lived on like deep in the ground of this planet and Sheridan had to jump in or uh, yeah Sheridan no Sher- John Sheridan. Sheridan Sheridan yeah okay I was, the other one was Sinclair that got me yeah. thrown no so uh yeah Sheridan had to jump in the hole to meet this guy and then he just like died from the fall which is hilarious <laughs> I love that <laughs> you didn't oh, have like, to do that but now your life has been extended 20 years yeah, but yeah. like you probably could have lived 30 could you but, imagine yeah. yeah could you imagine like you're that old alien who gives the ability to resurrect this guy. Because if I did that, I would be like, you dumbass. You fool. It's the <laughs> fucking future. You have spaceships. Just come down the hole with a ship. Why'd you jump? Did you think I was going to catch you? Is that what you <laughs> thought was going to happen? You dumbass. Yeah. And the like, like, oh, I'm dying. And I'm I was, like, collecting, I was collecting all the Dragon Balls and in the process, like, lost all of my limbs. And then was like, can you, can you use my wish to give me my limbs back? Like, you idiot. That's how it you feels. Fool. And yeah, and then, um, uh, what is it, Shenron? Shenron? Yeah, Shenron's like, that's beyond my power or something. No, <laughs> no, no. Shenron just dunks on you for being dumb as shit that whole time <laughs> instead. Anyway, so, yeah, and now 20 years have passed since then, and we see, yeah, John Sheridan keeps having this dream about where he sees Lorian explaining this to him, and he wakes up in bed with Delenn, and she's like, you had the dream again? And he's like, the time's coming. Well, I can I feel so it. I, I can tell. So I didn't recognize Delenn. Neither did I. She's now half human, so her hair is covering <laughs> part of her crown. And and this was my favorite space hairstyle or other species of the whole series. How does the, she style it? Does the well, hair go through the got, crown thing? She's got skin around around her hair. And I imagine it's very difficult for her to wash her hair since some of it's under her skin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you mean the crown? That looked, it was attached to her head. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But like you said skin. I don't think it's skin. I think it's more like an antler. It's a bone. It's a bone? It's a ridge. This was the ultimate this person does not exist hat style. (laughs) Yeah, no, it does look like that. Also, when I was like. They're a TV alien, Matt. We need to make him look like something. (laughs) When when (laughs) Fox and I were watching it, she was like, I need to know more about like that actress. And I was like, which one, the human or the alien? And she was like. Which one's the alien? And I was like, the one with the fucking thing on her head. Like, I wanna. I thought that was uh, a crown. Is, <laughs> so this is something I I, I, just, I wanted sense. to bring this up the last few episodes. The fact that you guys make your girlfriends watch these shows with you, practically a war crime. That's I the whole had point a girlfriend while this show existed for like a month and a half, and she was like, no. <laughs> no <I'm not> <laughs> <laughs> like every week, I'd be like, you want to watch the intro of the finale of this? She'd be like, no. Mine, yeah, ins- mine I- insists on it because she thinks because she wants to listen to the episodes and she thinks she'll understand it better. Unless it's one that like we're planning to watch sometime soon. So she. Didn't it was just funny something. with 
being on Letterboxd and you both logging this on Letterboxd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like As a movie? That. Yeah, the yeah, first dude, one, yeah. I also logged it on Letterboxd. My Letterboxd review, though, is just it's tagging so like... the Twitter account for the podcast. <laughs> like, uh-huh. just... Not even linking to the podcast, just the Twitter. Anyway. I will say, this: there was a moment in the middle of this one where I thought, me and the boys, once we get the vaccine, just go just to Just having some a nice random... dinner, reminiscing. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, it. I'm just like... Drink yeah, some wine. Like, well, we can't, you know, like, it's still, like, shady on, like, what's open, what's not. We're all just going to come to town, though. It was We're a finale a about reminiscing. Yeah. What's, hey, it's reminiscing, know? and it's also filling in what happened to these characters over a 20-year time skip. So we learn Garibaldi is now, is still the head of Edgar's Industries, which is still growing under his leadership. He looks uh, like Billy Joel. A guy named Doctor. He's turned into he looks Billy amazing. Joel. Italian accent. Uh, he, he's uh, he's his his space license is suspended because he would uh, he would dr- uh, he would drive drunk too many times. Yeah, Doctor Franklin, who we've never seen before, uh, is the head of xenobiological research on Earth now and has been for 19 years, which is a cool, cool. job where he's explaining yeah, like cool thi- where he explains a thing that I think about with space contact of like you got to decontain like everything could bring potential like horrible diseases interplanetarily. So I mean maybe not, maybe it has. Because it might not adapt to human biology, but he needs to study that kind of thing. That's neat. Uh, Susan Ivanova is now a decorated general with Earth Force, and now the new the Emperor of the Centauri Republic is Vircato, played by Stephen First, who was Flounder in Animal House, as I mentioned before. And they'll get an invitation to the final dinner, and they all know why. So they're like, "Yeah, it is." I Travis. I now so like looking back, I'm like, how did I not realize that was Flounder? That's incredible because that was one of the. That's like the guy from Animal House where I was like, did I ever see him in anything else? Because like most of the other Animal House actors were like, you know, if not incredibly Tom notable, Belushi, it was just Kevin like Kevin Bacon. Yeah, but like there were like a lot of the ones where you're like, oh, Tim Matheson, I've seen you in things. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are some guys on the side of that cast. That character, so yeah, flounder, so little other things. No, so the uh, the Ivanova was that her name? Yeah, uh, that was one of the characters who left the show after the fourth season, and which is why she appears in the finale despite not appearing in the fifth season. Mm. Which again, that's just remarkable to me. Uh, and I, I, I mean, what else is there besides like they get together and they have that dinner? Like, is there? Yeah, so they have that dinner on Minbar apparently. Uh, yeah, and they tell stories. I thought there was gonna be some cool like shots of what Minbar looked. like. I was also really disappointed. Yeah, I, I also planet. didn't realize they like went to a different planet. I was like, this whole thing is on the space station. How do they keep seeing the sun? Like, I didn't quite gather what was going on there because uh, it was so boring. Uh, <laughs> so boring. Yeah. Every piece of drama in the finale was a flashback. Yeah, exactly. Don't care about hey. these stories. There was him leaving forever. Yeah, well, Delenn Delen has, has a verbatim, as you know, when talking to Ivanova, and then asks Ivanova to, like, take over leadership of the Rangers. Yep. Which, I mean, that as we all know, when she said leadership of the Rangers, she, of course, means the one and only Power Rangers. She's going to become the new from. Zordon, yes. Yeah, yeah. Rangers. Yeah, she was like, I need you. I know this is a big ask, but we're going to have to put you in a glass tube. And you're just going to have to be a big head. You're going to have a robot friend. Okay, so Ivanova's like, I'll think about it. And Sheridan and Delenn spend their last night together. And Sheridan is like, the next day on Earth is Sunday. And my dad used to take me for a Sunday drive. So I want to do that. But in space. So uh, I just, on the on the topic of the, the job for the Rangers and her saying I'll think about it, I think a general rule 
for finales is you can't offer somebody a job or some position like this and have them be like, oh, I don't know. Because we all know when we're watching the show, we know even when you're watching it just for like like we do, we know which characters are going to say yes to this and which characters are going to say no. Like it's so abundantly clear. So this is one of those ones where it's just like, I don't know, it's a big ass. And there and were like, like there were like four sentences where she was like, Yeah, well, I used to be in charge of the Rangers, but now since I'm being promoted to this and I'm gonna do it, I think maybe a human should do it. And a human with experience and blah blah blah. And we're sitting there eight sentences in advance knowing she's gonna ask her to do it. And she's like, So I thought you might do it. And then the actors legitimately like, a me? <laughs> like <laughs> oh? <laughs> Like what are why why do we why do we play these games? Uh whatever. He wants to go for Sunday drive in space. He dresses in an old uniform and is like he wants now, to sneak out. What's up? I would love to go on a Sunday drive in space in a fancy uniform. Like that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't say uh, no. but he runs in he's he tries to sneak out on his fucking wife to go die like a cat. Like why Okay. okay. I, I get this. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. So I have a lot of comments about this scene. Number one, during the scene where they're like saying goodbye to each other, they like sort of do a half hug and then hit their foreheads together and then like go arm in arm and walk in a direction. And I wrote, you know, how couples touch. Like it was so. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So awkward. Nothing. Here's how it's framed on the Babylon Project wiki, which is they tearfully embrace one final time and say their farewells. The Minbari having no word in their language for goodbye. I don't remember that being said at all. Nope. But she does um, but do she, this thing where she just sticks her hand forward as he walks away. If she had said, we, Minbari, have no word for goodbye, <laughs> I would have been punching she, the sky. She did yeah. say goodnight. The word is goodbye. You just said it. You all speak the, the same language. You could just say goodbye. You're all speaking English. Also, yeah. time out. She's half Minbari. Time out, though. How does your species... Not have a word for goodbye. Uh, they just decided that. Wishing someone a farewell. This, the <laughs> yeah, lore <laughs> of this show, more than any lore of any show I've ever seen, just felt like, oh yeah, some guy made this up. I, this I, some guy just yeah, made this oh, all absolutely. up. So I, uh, because I was so disinterested in this finale, I decided to research into the idea that animals go away to die. Um, and how real that was. Yeah. And it turns out, per most sources, 0% real. Um, the reason why we think it's real is because, uh, oftentimes, um, animals will become disoriented and not be able to find their way home. Other animals will recognize their weakness and kill them. Um, there's, there's sort of... A pack mentality where packs will kind of leave a dying member behind a little bit, mm -hmm. but the but the dying member never recognizes its time to die and leaves. That does not happen on, among any species. I mean, it's more they go, they're going, but like they still go and hide and stuff because they're incredibly weak or whatever. I think the fact that you are doing other research means you used your time watching this more productively than I used mine, which I described to Travis earlier as I had the same amount of attention as I would pay to if the show had been fast forwarding. Like <laughs> I just kind of like was waiting to see something that like I was like, okay, now time to like snap back in here. Like there were long conversation this in conversations in this where I was like, I've never had that little brain activity. 
Like I probably might have been able to be declared like legally so did, brain dead. So you were dead. meditating. <laughs> yeah, if you want me to meditate, Matt, I have to watch this show. Matt, uh, Matt, I, I, I think actually, uh, you should watch every episode of Babylon Five. That sounds amazing. Just yeah, like, that sounds my like brain. a really good thing for your brain. My brain is so. Like I was also yeah. I was also high on the Pfizer, the second Pfizer dose at the time. Oh, incredible! Mm. <laughs> um. This kind of episode is like a thing that I can't believe was ever done uh, when shows were airing week to week. Like I can see watching this on a streaming thing and like being moved in the epilogue or whatever yeah. if you watch the whole season. But I can't imagine like waiting a week to be like finally the finale and it's just them being like, "Guess I'll die." I'm sure they closed <laughs> out the season. What's gonna happen next? I'm sure they closed out season five in some way that. Some was meaningful to the thing. people who watched it and then there was this yeah yeah which I mean, is the fina- this this felt more like a normal finale than a lot of than, than i was expecting it felt like a lot and of this is like finales. one of the highest rated episodes in imdb also so well, people the, did yeah, love it. Like, huge yikes. if you make it to this point if you make it to this point you're completely in and yeah like i think they, they say something like it's been 20 years since the end of the shadow war and you're like that sounds fucking cool yeah, show I me that about the shadow war Right, this whole That's show, a cool uh, fucking... Our experience of the show is being told that wars happened. Yeah. <laughs> and not seeing. <laughs> and missing missing the, the, the It's a the, lot like Which again Star is Wars. like Tolkien yeah, old like God. Uh so he goes to Babylon five after doing a his wife does a hand thing at him. Uh and finds it's deserted and there's only a skeleton crew there and he learns it's gonna shut down because like just not how the uh Avenues of trade and diplomacy are anymore. We don't. There's. It's useless. We don't have. The, we don't need this thing. The anymore. guy literally says budget cuts when talking <laughs> about why the space station. You know. You know. The deficit. International budget. <laughs> uh, on the well, I I think I mean this this is jumping a little bit ahead, but I think is is where you're headed to, toward with this. Uh, we do get uh, something off the bingo board, which we do really need to sit down and formalize. Yeah. yeah. Because we get the destruction of the main setting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's the last thing. Yeah, but it's a bingo. Yeah, and, but I also think, like, what is there to say about that later? I think when we're yeah. talking about Babylon 5. Walking around an there. empty set and, like, looking at things yes. and being wistful, we've seen in yes. this and Supernatural and Bones. The, the, the actual uh, last thing that happens in this show is one of the funniest things I've ever seen on television. But we'll, we'll get to Oh, the credit thing? Yes. Also got our to Supernatural, but it's they got it. our note from Supernatural. We said all shows should end like this. Babylon Five is the only one who got it. But they put it was like at the end of a radio ad where they're like, disseminated, If you want to, the only thing I made out was the only thing I made out was catering. That's the uh, yeah. My girlfriend said the same thing. I tried thing. to pause it. Like, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, you have to see the way that they can this show they try to show like the crew that worked on the show and they Everyone. do a slideshow at hyper speed of photos <laughs> of all of these people it was like subliminal messaging <laughs> every image is on there for it's like less than one, one second tenth of a second like <laughs> i had to yeah you have to you pry your eyes open all the way and then you strap someone into it or they and then you're strapped into a chair and you watch the closing credits <laughs> and then they put put like the guy who made the show on the fucking Straczynski on there for longer than the total of the slideshow. <laughs> the total slideshow though, to Atlanta. be fair, is one second. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the shot of the main cast members too, where they, they show who played them. 
the, the cast member side-by-sides are really good <laughs> because they have all of the makeup from, like, the end of the series yeah. to show how much time has gone by. I'm just going to talk over the fact that I think Steven just died on the couch. You get some good old-age makeup um, of the one um, Centauri guy. Oh, yeah, Londo looks like he's, yeah, ancient. I mean, this uh, is how uh, I learned that Garibaldi was in this episode because I didn't realize Narn, it was him. The Narn uh, ambassador... Steven, are you okay? Jakar? Uh, yeah, the, the Narn ambassador, you see him in the end, and it was like, a lot. And there's like the photo of him, and then there's the, you know, the uh, pilot him, and then like last appearance him, where he has like an eye patch that appeared to be made out of his own skin. <laughs> like, like, you were like, oh, some shit happened to these guys, I guess. Yeah. But we're going to see, instead, we're going to see. Uh, uh, we're gonna see space Gandalf. Space Gandalf take him, him off to death. Yeah, to, to the Undying Lands. I mean, beyond the rim. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so Sheridan. <laughs> so Babylon Five is largely abandoned. Walking into the remains of the Zokolo, whatever that is. I don't feel like even looking into that. Uh, <laughs> well, remembering parting, that, it'll take no, me to a new page. I don't want to go to. No, but it's not only gonna take you to a new page. It's gonna take you to a page that's longer than like. The Dead by James Joyce. Which is <laughs> yeah. be like, oh no! Here's a whole short story. Do you yeah. think? Do you think the? Do you think the thing about Babylon Five being redundant was a commentary on how sci-fi shows were becoming more common? Uh, I would love to have you explore that. Just like the idea of like their conversation they had, where it's like we don't need Babylon Five anymore. We have we have we have Deep Space Nine. Yeah. <laughs> you motherfuckers! <laughs> you sons of bitches! <laughs> Fuck you, Paramount. <laughs> and then they blow up the Paramount Mountain. So he walks through and he hears the voice of the station echoing through history and remembers the momentous events that a station experienced in its quarter century of existence. Some guy named Zach Allen, another very normal named man, shows <laughs> Zach. He played, uh, he but was, uh, but both Zach, Zach with a and K. Allen are spelled weird. No, yeah, well, no he it's was, uh, Z-A-C-K-A-L-L-A-N. Yeah, no, that was definitely Weird like spellings. a. That's just a Cleveland reliever for a few years. Yeah, ass name. It is. Yeah. Zach, yeah. Zach is one of the more alien types of human name, I guess. Just in the fact Zach. that it has a Z in it. Sure. What's the most alien conventional name? Xavier. Ooh, yeah. Xavier's up there. If you if your name it. is Alexander, but you go by Xander. Xander. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do, is, do people do that other than that one character in Buffy the Vampire Slayer? People do that. Yeah, but Xander, Xander Cage. Did, yeah, okay. You go. Yep, yeah, <laughs> I, I was wrong. I will admit. A legend. Um, so Zach Allen is like, I also remember this stuff. And they talk about it a little bit. And he's like, oh, I should invite you. Uh, or uh, the invite like, got returned. Yeah, he's like, oh, you, your invite got returned. Uh and, and, he's like, Where? Like, and he's like, I don't worry about it. Just a dinner party to celebrate my imminent death. Yeah. And Alan's like, oh, say, you should stay for the decommissioning ceremony. And he's like, nah, I can't. Nah, I'm dying. Did, you, did, Jakar, did Jakar turn not evil? Because they're like, we Probably. Because he remembers yeah. parting words from Jakar in this. And here's the voices yeah, of the station. Yeah, he seems like he's un, unevil. Yeah, probably. For sure. yeah. Sheridan goes to the Coriana system to die. Uh, and... He's on a ship, and Lorian appears to him, and is like, "We haven't. The first ones haven't forgotten you. We've been waiting beyond the rim, and <laughs> your new nice. journey is beginning." And he like gets the sees just pure light and shit. Uh, Did this dude plan on taking a ship to another system and having a bunch of people find the empty autopilot ship 
or a ship with his dead fucking body in it? Or was he Matt. planning on just wasting a ship? A whole ass ship, just sending it off, and then it's just gone. I think he was planning on wasting a whole ass ship. I don't think it's a whole ass ship. It's just a, it's like a small personal ship. It's a ship. fucking I don't vehicle. Think it's okay, like imagine I was Matt. like, imagine if I was like, I'm going to like rent a car and drive to Denver to die. And my plan is just to like <laughs> get rid of that car on top of a mountain or something. Matt. I think you're underestimating how big a space is. This would be more like I am an ant and I am going to go I'm to this leaf to die in yeah. Siberia. And and But just like- also I've been shrunken down to <laughs> minuscule size. So there's a minuscule car somewhere in Siberia. I am going to bring my RC car <laughs> to the Pacific to Ocean. The Pacific Ocean, get in it. And just drive it to somewhere near the Marianas Trail. And then and Matt appears. He's like, you're wasting resources. <laughs> like, it is unfathomably bigger. I'd be pissed if I were like anybody else. Like, if I, if I were it's anybody a car. else. Like, Nobody gives a fuck. Anyway, they find you it. Mean, they do, they do blow they up the entire it. fucking uh, yeah, exactly. station. If, like, end, a I guess. former president, if like a former president drove a car into the ocean, people wouldn't be like, he went to the car. Awesome. Like, that would not be the story. <laughs> hey, George W. Bush, George W. Bush, drive a car into the Pacific Challenge. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say, Ted Kennedy, uh, unfortunately, was never president. No, but. no, let's not make a Chappaquiddick joke, Travis. Uh, anyway, um, but died. that does remind me, when they blew up the space station, was like, I don't get, recycle, like... Come on! What are you yeah, doing? it's a whole ass she had the same like, place in space where you could just go, like turn it into a fucking like a private event space where people can like rent it out for a party. Yeah, all they're doing now is creating debris that could like crash into other planets potentially. Or something there, there's already that. a cool ass bar there that has like fucking neon signs on the wall. It's already a casino. There's a casino. People stop at the casino. I'm I'm really understanding that just the fundamental differences in the amount of sci-fi consumed by all of us. Where I'm just like, they probably have like a Dyson spheres at this point to harness all of the power from a sun. Yeah, but Space anyway. Vegas. Space Vegas. Open it. Uh, man. So Sheridan I dies. Do, he I, sees the light. We see Delenn well, in the bed, sad, clutching his former pillow. We don't know if he dies. He goes beyond the rim, whatever that means. Well, he's he he him. dies in our sense of what dying is, which he is no longer on this in this realm. He's on the next grand journey. Yeah. Uh, and the rest of the main characters attend the decommissioning ceremony and look around the set wistfully, and they blow up the ship. I, I um back on the beyond the rim thing. I do love that anytime um, a show has to reckon with how fucking big space is, where they're just like, yeah, we're going, like, because there's, there's the two types, which is like the Marvel Comics style, I would say, version of space, or like the DC Comics, where it's just like, no, 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 all space. You can go from galaxy to galaxy, it's no problem, all sorts of nonsense. And then there's like the Star Trek version, and I think probably the Babylon 5 version as well, where it's like, no, 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 it's localized to a galaxy. You can go all the way across the galaxy, but then... What's beyond that? Who knows? And like this does that same like mysticism of what exists beyond. Like there's still the space. Yes. So this guy just goes further out into space then? Yeah, like he says like beyond the rim. So like my guess what that means is just like, you know, Lorian, whatever his species is, has, you know, some their 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 science is so technologically advanced it appears to be magic. And they, you know, now exist beyond the realms of this galaxy and, um, you know, have continued to explore 
the worlds upon worlds. You know, maybe they're in like the fifth dimension or whatever at this point. Pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah, it's the age of Aquarius. Um, the hippies that I met in a cave in Tenerife can do this, so I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know how cool this actually is. Yeah. It's just like, you're not fucking impressed. You're like, I've been, I've been beyond the rim of the galaxy before. They existed in other realms while I was there. I don't know. <laughs> they blow up Babylon 5. Uh, people accept new jobs. Delenn watches the sunrise. Series over. We all cry. Go yeah. home. What Find did we go. think of the yeah. show Babylon 5? I am not... It's so, so boring. Going back to basically the earliest conversations of like, I like some nerdy shit. I mostly listen to metal, the nerdiest genre. But to me, this is like how I mostly prog listen to metal. But I, I, prog prog metal is the nerdiest genre. <laughs> but Power if you want to be very specific... Right, but that's what I was going to say. So that's what you're, you're up to my analogy, which is... I listen mostly to metal, but I very rarely am able to listen to power metal because that's a step too far in nerdiness for <laughs> yeah. me. And this show is like that, where it's like science fiction I've never really been into, but like I like conceptually it's like I like Star Wars, like it's fun. There's stuff to enjoy about it. But like when you get to this type of sci-fi, it's just like beyond what I'm able to engage with like i'm t- I, totally taken out when you have like these weird prosthetic aliens and the stupid haircuts doing space diplomacy i can't do it yeah i mean i've i've never really gotten into star trek um and i like i like my space and my science fiction on the softer scale than on the hard scale i like space wizards more than i like uh you know here's how missiles would actually work in space and shit like that like i yeah, the thing that surprised me a lot with this show um like if I it, knowing what I thought I knew about the show, I would have bet that it was silent space. Like they were like, "Oh, we're gonna do, you know, we're gonna commit to the realism, like they do in Battlestar Galactica, where space is silent." Yeah. Uh, like, so it, it falls somewhere, you know, in the difference. Like there's still that like weird mysticism. I like when like science fiction reaches the point where it is almost like a religious sort of description of these sciencey things but mm-hmm. it still was just one of those things where i was like ah i i needed this to be yeah 15 year, made 15 years later should that just like the tech was more in line with the ambition but i like the idea of a sort of like long novelistic series i mean i, I said this earlier to steven but like it made me be like oh man i can't wait for that mass effect remaster because i think mass effect owes a lot to this series of like Maybe. I mean, the first Mass Effect game, you you the are the Citadel is yeah you you arrive it is the Citadel yeah you arrive on a space station that is occupied by all of the major species, where there's a council and they you know that's where diplomacy happens after the Earth people went to war with a militaristically technologically advanced species that now they're both allies and rivals with like Mass Effect does a lot to it and I love Mass Effect but the difference is, is that Mass Effect has an alien that will sing you know like. Um, uh, Gilbert and Sullivan and mm. has like more fun with it than like these two episodes did. That's true. Uh, but you know, because this, this um, in the immortal words of Ezra Koenig, uh, it takes itself so seriously. It's not that serious. Okay, can I cede my time to talk about what I thought about Babylon 5 to ask a question? Can Matt, well, Matt has already said what he's thought. I don't, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't actually, I was like, well, Matt has oh. to go and I was like, I realized, no, Matt doesn't have to go. <laughs> 
uh, it's like local C-SPAN. That's what it looked like yeah. to me. When you like don't and, recognize and any of the people, like you don't, you're not per- like, but local C-SPAN for like somewhere you don't live. So you like don't even <laughs> connect with any of the issues. They're talking about places you never heard of and you're just like, eh. And uh, if, if you are listening to the show and you uh, loved this TV show, you know what? I'm so happy for Fuck you and you. I wish I felt the same way. And I bet, I bet if I, you know, gave it, on honest, like I bet if I read the Wikipedia pages for all of this, I'll be like, "That sounds fucking cool." Yeah, man. I mean, there's something called a battle of the line. Hold the line. Love that shit. We love the uh, shadow war. I I love the idea of a war with shadows. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. Sounds like Kingdom Hearts. Uh, and we got Tron, and he was in Kingdom Hearts. The show, it's like Kingdom Hearts. Steven, your question. So, the Psycor, the the telepaths. Oh boy, uh, I'm. Suddenly terrified. About At a certain point, she reads the mind of a Vorlon. Yeah. And we are to understand that Vorlons are like almost incomprehensible to us. Mm-hmm. Like they change our. Anyway, so, 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 right. So I can I can get behind a telepath. I can read the mind of other people. Their minds work like our minds. My understanding of other species is their minds must not work exactly like our minds. But we can still read them because of some, I don't know, something. So, can she read the minds of dogs? Can she read the minds of birds? Can she read the minds of literally any species? I'll I'll answer this this very easily. To her, what's that? She's never heard of either of those two things. She doesn't know what a dog is? (laughs) No. Those don't exist in this world. We don't see any of them. Okay, fine. Can she read the minds of remoras? We know they exist. I think there's a difference between... Sentient, conscious, you know, creature and an, uh, an animalistic intelligence. What about a dolphin? Well, no, that's a whole sure. Thing. Why not? I know. I just want to know. I think orangutan definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I say yes to all of these. That's like, fine with I, me. Because you read a sea sponge. I think their brains work so differently than ours that, like, an orangutan, she must be able to read the mind of an orangutan. Yeah, yeah. If she can but read she the experiences it like as though it's her. Her. It's like it's her sitting on a branch and shitting onto my shoulder. <laughs> or like, a, or like a raven. They're so smart. Yeah. A, a crow devising a plan to swindle a human, but it's her yeah. Yeah. doing that. Give it some shiny things so it can take their food. Yeah. That was Babylon Five. That was Babylon. That was 5. our thoughts on Babylon Five. And we are hard pivoting next week. We've talked about it earlier when we did a weird bit about it for some reason. But I have decided next week, baby, I hear the blues are calling me. <laughs> Toss salad and scrambled eggs. We're going to my favorite TV show that I would watch when I was staying up too late and my parents were watching Frasier. That's right, That's it's Frasier. Right. A show that I'm like... I don't know how many episodes of Frasier I've seen, but I've seen some, and I should see some more. Who there here thinks that they know the least about Frasier? I've seen four episodes of Frasier, approximately. I've seen the pilot of Frasier, because I thought about watching it a few years ago and wasn't feeling it, and I have seen sporadic episodes when my parents were watching it uh, growing up. I guess that makes this- it me. I've never seen an episode of Frasier. All right, Matt, I am putting 30 seconds on the clock. Tell me everything you think you know about Frasier, starting in three, two, one, go. I know it's a spinoff from another show. I think it's Cheers. Yeah. Uh, And he's a doctor. 
I want to say it takes place in Seattle or Philadelphia. Seattle? There we go. Uh, they're nodding. Um, it's a comedy. It's a comedy that a lot of people on like left Twitter like, so I assume that humor might align a little bit more with like most sitcoms, like with what I'll like than most network sitcoms. And that's time. Uh, and we are going to find out next week why Matt thinks that Seattle and Philadelphia have similar energies when we talk about <laughs> Frasier. <laughs> As always, you can find us on Twitter at As You Know Pod. You can leave a review or you can rate us and you can subscribe on wherever you get this podcast. Thanks to Matt Iciani, our producer, on his wonderful work this week. And Stephen, you want to bring us home? I have looked upon the face of a Vorlon. Horror. And nothing is the same anymore.